0: Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, it's Zenobia Bailey. Welcome to Grace and Peace, Heart to Heart. Today we are about to head into Episode 7 regarding My Heart is Broken, What Do I Do Now? And uh, this is Part 4 but Episode 7 of Shattered Vows. Boundaries is where we'll start today's segment, reading from Shattered Vows by our author, Debbie Laser. The framing of boundaries to help govern relationships can be beneficial and are something that we all should keep in mind for ourselves and respect those that are set by others. On the other hand, ill-framed boundaries can contribute to the ruin of relationships. Laser shares questions that she has found often arise concerning finances, children, and oneself during this time of marital and often family crises. As so many know, the pain endured from sexual betrayal can break your heart, but it does not need to break your life. That is a quote from the book. So the subtitle is, What Boundaries Do I Need? We all need boundaries in our lives. Boundaries help us determine who is responsible for what, not just material things, but feelings, thoughts, attitudes, behaviors, and choices. Not only do boundaries help us allow good things to come in, but they also keep bad things out. Some of us have too many boundaries or walls that keep many good things out. The way I often keep very busy to soothe myself or keep from getting bored can wall off other people by sending the message that I'm unavailable. I can also choose to be passive or walk away, which is really to avoid having a boundary at at all. The truth is, I may be afraid of conflict, so rather than create a safe boundary for myself, I abandon myself and do nothing. That's a very important concept to, to chew on. I'm going to read that again. The way I often keep very busy to soothe myself or keep from getting bored can wall off other people by sending the message that I'm unavailable. I can also choose to be passive Or walk away which is really to avoid having a boundary at all the truth is I may be afraid of conflict so rather than create a safe boundary for myself I abandon myself and do nothing one of my boundaries is refusing to sign any legal documents that I haven't read or don't understand. A new boundary is agreeing to accept work only if it allows me plenty of time with my family. You may have boundaries about physical safety. No one is allowed to touch you in inappropriate ways. Or you may have a fence that keeps out personal put downs or swearing or yelling. In the same way that you create boundaries for your actions, your husband must set boundaries for his behaviors. You can't control them. You can be in charge only of the actions you will take when someone else when someone else's lack of boundaries causes you potential harm. By now you can probably see the way that bottom lines and boundaries dovetail. You can't control the behaviors your husband engages in, but you can decide to do something different for yourself. Your feelings, thoughts, attitudes, behaviors, and choices are what you are responsible for. You can control only yourself, not anyone else. One of the first ways you can empower yourself with a new boundary is to acknowledge your feelings. I feel happy, sad, angry, and so on, rather than you make me angry. Owning your feelings means making I statements rather than you statements. Try it out. The change is such a simple one, but it creates a 180-degree shift in who is responsible. Should I protect myself financially? Family money is often used to participate in phone sex, pay for cyber sex, buy pornographic material, contract lap dances, massages, or prostitutes, or purchase gifts for affair partners. Sometimes thousands of dollars have been squandered away in these practices, all without Your knowledge. If after your husband's disclosure you are not convinced his unhealthy behaviors have stopped and you believe the financial stability of your family is at risk, you may need to make decisions to protect yourself. Your debt incurred as a couple is debt that will be shared even if your relationship does not last. You may need to seek legal advice to understand the consequences of -of out-of-control spending or a spouse who won't commit to getting help. In general, you would be wise to take stock of what you know about money, how to manage it, where your money is, and what it is being used for. I know countless wives who delegate all monetary decisions to their husbands, very little, if anything at all, about their family's financial affairs. And then when crisis hits, they are helpless. If you are one of those women, it is your job to get involved. You need to know. Your signature is required for any number of financial transactions, taxes, loans, and credit card obligations, to name a few. If you are to make responsible decisions, you must be informed. A victim will relinquish her power to someone else and then be frustrated and angry that she has no choices. When it comes to family finances, you do have choices. Then there are questions about your children. Those of us with children have a powerful instinct to protect them from all harm. In light of sexual betrayal, we want to know how our children may be affected and what we should do. Question, what do I tell the kids? Although I had no idea of the right thing to say to the children, I knew they couldn't be oblivious to the pain I was in and the heaviness in our home. After Mark returned from treatment, We sat down with all of the kids, and he told them in a general way that he had been sexually unfaithful to me. But before that disclosure, I wanted to acknowledge the pain in our home. I decided to tell them that Dad went away for a few weeks to get help. I told them he wasn't feeling good about himself and some things he had done, and he needed help to sort out those issues. I also reminded them that we loved them and would always, always take care of them. At ages ten, six, and 4, they were amazingly resilient and cooperative. Telling them that I was sad but was getting help was important to keep them from feeling as though they had to take care of me. To this day, we have ongoing conversations about our story encouraging any questions our children have. We are also honest about getting professional help and support them to do the same with their struggles. Are my children safe? The protection of our children is usually foremost in mothers' minds. While Mark's sexual behaviors included pornography and other women, they never extended to a connection with children. As I sorted out all of the new information after his disclosure, however, I needed to ask very directly if he had ever been inappropriate with our kids or any others. I simply didn't know what was possible with the double life he had lived. I nervously awaited his reply, not sure what I would do if he said yes. Fortunately, he assured me that his sexual sin involved only adults. I suppose I could have doubted those words because, after all, he had been lying to me for years. But after witnessing the total brokenness of his character, I was quickly learning to trust my intuition and his heart. Otherwise, I definitely would have been more reluctant to trust any information he offered. If you know for a fact that your husband has touched, penetrated, or inappropriately connected in some way with your children or any children, you should ask him to move out of your home immediately. You will need to speak with your pastor or therapist regarding how to report your husband's behavior to the appropriate local authorities. The law in all states requires that inappropriate sexual contact with children must be reported. Many women who are in relationships with sex addicts have experienced sexual abuse themselves. If you are one of those, you will certainly be more sensitive to the possibilities of abuse in your home. Recently, I received an email from a wife struggling with her irrational fears, as she called them. Even though her husband has only looked at pornography, she wonders if his behaviors could progress to involve hurting children. She is aware that her own sexual abuse may be tainting her perception of reality. If you worry, as this wife does, you can, you can take time to explore with the therapist whether your anxieties are coming from your own life experiences. You may also ask your husband to get professional testing to see if he is telling the truth or has any propensity to act out with children. The number of sex addicts who abuse children is extremely small. Ultimately, however, you may not feel completely safe until you ask your husband to get assessed for any predisposition or vulnerability he might have to abuse children. Many psychologists are trained to do do these evaluations, generally generally referred to as psychosexual screening. Such testing can be presented to your husband as a helpful and positive boundary. You might say, I want to trust you, and I want our family to be whole and to feel safe. It would be very helpful to me if you would get tested. I want us to be the best parents we can be. I need you to do this. And we are going to take a very short break, and I'll be right back. Questions about yourself. Sexual betrayal feels like a personal attack. It is a wound that pierces the soul. Many questions arise concerning how to react and what decisions to make when personal emotions are confusing and overwhelming. Should I be sexual with my spouse is one question. The decision of whether to be sexual with your husband After, the disclosure of infidelity is an important one. When Mark was in treatment, the the therapist contracted with all patients to be abstinent for 90 days. Abstinence means that you were not to be sexual with yourself or others, including your spouse. Being sexual referred to having an orgasm not necessarily to hugging, kissing, or other physical expressions. When I arrived for family week, I was actually double-minded that this assignment was established. Although I was hurt and disgusted that Mark had been with other women, I also needed reassurance that he was attracted to me and still chose me. On the other hand, his constant pressure to be sexual was paralyzing for me at times, and I was relieved to know I would have a break from the pressure. My mixed feelings continued. This decision is one that you may have to confront immediately after the disclosure. Will you agree to sexual contact with your husband just to keep the peace? Some wives are afraid to say no, even after their husbands have been unfaithful, because they are afraid of his anger when he is turned down. other wives make a decision to be available whenever they are asked because they feel it is their Christian duty to do so. Still, others may submit because it is at least some way of feeling connection with their husband. None of these reasons is healthy and none will serve you in finding healing from sexual betrayal. None of them will give you authentic intimacy in your relationship. None will prevent your husband from acting out again. Changing the sexual pattern in your relationship will create a reaction, usually a negative one. The vision for healthy sexuality is that your yeses will truly mean yes and your noes will mean no, so that the love you share when you say yes is congruent with your heart. Any couple seeking to experience real intimacy must allow each other the freedom to say no and the assurance that they won't be punished when they do. If your husband has come home to you asking to be sexual after unprotected sex with others, he has literally taken your life into his hands. Sexually transmitted diseases are rampant. If you want to know that you are free of disease, you will need to get tested by medical professionals. You must require your husband to do the same. If he doesn't consent to that precaution, you will need to make a decision for yourself about being sexual with him. It is your body and you are responsible for it. How quickly should I forgive him? Another practical question that many wives face is how quickly to forgive their husband for his behavior. Although I'll talk about forgiveness in detail in a later chapter, I want to take a moment to caution you against rushed forgiveness. Many devout Christian women will want to forgive quickly because they feel God has directed them to do so. And I believe some women hurriedly offer forgiving statements because they long to get back to, quote, unquote, normal or put painful experiences behind them. Forgiving can feel like forgetting or denying in this rushed state. And I've never seen it work to heal the pain of betrayal in the long term. I've also seen husbands' sexual sin demand that their wives forgive them, blaming them for not honoring Christian teaching when they don't. When husbands demand forgiveness in this way, they also seem to want their wives to let go of any feelings they may have. If she is still sad or angry or confused, he gets impatient or distant. I thought you forgave me, he might say. Pain doesn't go away with these quick attempts to forgive. Pain stored in your heart and body will only surface in time to damage any temporary serenity you might have achieved. Forgiveness is a process, not a one-time event. Just deciding to stay and grapple with the painful reality of betrayal is a part of forgiveness. It is the first step. Of a complex process which we will look at in depth in chapter 8. Telling your story will inevitably create anxiety for knowing who to tell and what to tell them is very difficult. Except for my notifying my best friend and my parents, I initially kept Mark's double life a secret. Oh, I almost forgot the whole city knew because of the newspaper articles. In reality, though, the complete truth about Mark's story was not revealed publicly. I did have a choice to share with others. But frankly, I wasn't very motivated in the beginning to tell anyone. I felt a great deal of shame about the nature of sexual sin. I felt no one would accept Mark or me if I talked. Fortunately, I was able to attend Family Week and then my therapy group, where I could begin sharing. If I hadn't had those outlets, I'm sure my obsessive thoughts and hopelessness would have grown to unmanageable proportions. Who are you talking to? Is there anyone who can know the entire nature of your story? I'll often hear a woman say her husband has refused to let her tell anyone about his sin. He would be too embarrassed. He wouldn't want anyone to talk about him. His career might be jeopardized if the wrong person heard. I advocate that a betrayed woman needs to have some place to go and talk. If you are in this situation, I ask you to think about some safe women who would be trustworthy and able to keep a confidence. Determine your motivation for sharing with these women. If you can honestly say that it is not for revenge, that it isn't to take sides against your husband, and that you desire to grow your relationship with this woman, then she is probably a safe person with whom to share. Other characteristics of a safe woman include the following. She's a good listener and doesn't try to fix your situation. She doesn't judge your decisions. She is vulnerable about adversity in her own life. She affirms your efforts. She respects your desire not to share at times and doesn't pressure you. And she doesn't use your confidences to feel prideful in her relationship with you. Do you have safe women like this in your life? You can't sit in isolation and expect yourself to be sane. Eventually, you will drop into sadness, depression, and possibly despair. Your body will take on the feelings that you are not able to process by shutting down in some way. Thank you for listening, and I pray that this has been a blessing to you and that you might be able to share it with others at the appropriate time in your life, at the appropriate time in their lives. It certainly has been a blessing to me. And it's opened up some areas that I had not uh, considered or had not um, Uh, I don't even know the word, had not wrestled with, maybe. And I am looking to be a blessing to others by having come in contact with Shattered Vows. It has many other applications. Some of what our author is sharing can be, implied, can be applied in other situations, other relationship situations. And I'm looking forward to continuing the reading of Shattered Vows. Thank you. Have a wonderful Friday and weekend, and I will see you next time. Take care.